Well, I promised you that we would talk about the mock draft, so let's talk about it, and specifically the wide receiver position. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you once again. Hope everybody is having a great Wednesday. We've got Joe's Mock Draft as the focus of today's show. And you're just going to get my thoughts here on the show about the Mock Draft and specifically the wide receiver position and if a trend is beginning to emerge, if we are going to see a reversal of something that has become commonplace over the last couple of drafts. But before we dive into that, I've got to let you know about our friends over at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. And you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA. Tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And it felt as if we needed to switch things up here on the podcast, and in terms of our deep dive into uh, these mock drafts. The last couple ones, we've been focusing on the quarterback position, talked about it with Kyle and his thought process about drafting uh, quarterbacks in the first round. We talked about, we had an episode entirely dedicated to Cameron Ward and his fit uh, with the content team mock and Jack McKessie giving him to the Detroit Lions. So we've done a bit of a deep dive into the quarterback position and trust me, we will continue to have a conversation about the quarterback position as these guys continue to play, as they put more film together for us to look at and then in the offseason process with the senior ball with the combine and all of the noise that leads up to the NFL draft so trust me we will have an opportunity to, to have our fair share of conversations about which teams should get quarterbacks and which quarterbacks they should go after so that will come in due time but Joe Marino my good friend uh, the co-host of the draft dudes podcast put together his mock draft and he had uh, an interesting one and he used the order and that's where that's the way things have gone now is we've switched over to the actual draft order the way it stands when Joe submitted it's the mock draft, and the position that I would like to talk about is the wide receiver position, and he has a couple wide receivers going uh, in the first round of his mock draft, and I'll just give you the team, the player, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of what I want to talk about today. At number seven, he has Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC, as his wide receiver one off the board, going number seven to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you have to scroll a little bit to find his next one. At 16, Quinton Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU, comes off the board to the New England Patriots. You have to keep scrolling to pick number 24, where Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver out of Ohio State, goes 24th to the Tennessee Titans. Kayshawn Boutte goes to the Kansas City Chiefs at pick number 28, and that is it. And so if my math is correct, and it's always a struggle for me to do math, so I'm going to do it with everybody, and I'm going to go backwards. Kayshawn Boutte at number 28. We have Jackson Smith and Jigba at number 24. We have Quinton Johnson at number 16, and we have... Jordan Addison at number seven. That is four wide receivers in the first round of Joe's mock draft. And you can't blame him for thinking that. You can't blame him for putting that volume of wide receiver in the first round. 
four of them in total. Let's just look at some historical data. In 2022, we had six wide receivers go in the first round. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks. All six of those receivers went in the first round of the 2022 draft. In 2021, it was five wide receivers. Chase, Waddle, Devonta Smith, Kadarius Toney, Rashad Bateman. 2020, it was another six. Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. You have to go all the way back to 2019 before you find a year in which less than five wide receivers were taken in the first round and two were taken that year. Marquise Brown and Nikhil Harry went in 2019 and then two also went in 2018, DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley. So we have seen a recent trend develop when it comes with wide receivers of there's going to be a number of them selected and it's probably going to be at least five, at least in recent memory. So I can understand why Joe felt the need to, hey, we got some teams that have needs at wide receiver. I got to try to fit some of these guys in. But it's safe to say that none of these guys other than Jordan Addison are really putting together a 2022 season that warrants the conversation. Quentin Johnson starting to come on strong. There are some guys that are maybe emerging as real top of day two talent at the wide receiver position. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, just to name two names that could potentially be in that conversation. And the other names that we see in the first round are names that we have seen mocked in the first round. Uh, Quentin Johnson's name has come up. Jackson Smith and Jigba's name has come up. Keishon Boutte's name has come up. These are not names that are unfamiliar to this process, but Keishon Boutte has not had a very good season. And yes, the the physical traits for Keishon Boutte make him a very dynamic wide receiver, and you'd be betting on those physical tools and those physical traits, but you the Production does scare you in what has happened down there at LSU. You look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, he hasn't been healthy, hasn't been able to be on the field. But uh, a couple Ohio State wide receivers drafted last year worked out pretty well in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and so that pipeline seems to be flowing uh, very nicely. Quentin Johnson starting to play better as of late, and I think he is separating himself as that wide receiver too. And Jordan Addison, the guy who maybe came in as wide receiver two or wide receiver three in this conversation, has just played consistent enough and has gone to USC transfers away from Pitt and has just picked up where he's left off. He's got a great quarterback upgrade with Caleb Williams throwing him the ball, but he's picked up right where he has left off. But I ask you this question. Do you feel right now, because I certainly don't, and opinions will change, and I reserve the right to change my opinion a couple months down the road as we get through this process a little bit more and as we gain more data points and as we gain more information. But does anybody sit here right now and feel comfortable with more than one wide receiver in the first round? Do you really feel comfortable about taking a Quinton Johnston? Do you feel comfortable about taking a Jackson Smith and Jigba? Do you feel comfortable about taking a Kayshawn Boutte? I'm not so sure comfortable is the place that I would be. I'm not surprised that Joe mocked them there. The talent and what we have seen in the past certainly warrants them to be in this conversation. But it's very interesting to me that none of those guys have really put together the 2022 tape, and that's what's going to be in the back of everybody's minds when they go through this process, is their most recent tape certainly leaves a lot to be desired. Let's use another bullet point here that I think is important to note. Let's look at the latest TD and 100 that was put together by the scouting staff. They've only got three receivers, excuse me, two receivers inside the top 30. They've got five receivers inside the top 40, only one receiver inside the top 15 in total inside the top 100. We're going to do more math here on the show. Stand by. Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quinton Johnson, Kayshawn Boutte, Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, Cedric Tillman, Marvin Mims, Xavier Hutchinson, Rakeem Jarrett, Parker Washington, Cornelius Johnson, Rasheed Rice, and Zachary Franklin. I believe that was 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 names. 14 of the top 100 in the latest TD 100 are wide receivers, with only five of those names being inside the top 40. So the position doesn't have a lot of top-end talent. It's got pretty deep talent, 14 wide receivers inside the top 100. You certainly look at that and say, okay, there's definitely some value. Rasheed Rice is a guy that immediately jumps off the page to me. He's going to be one of my dudes probably for this draft process, but not a guy that you're going to talk about in the first-round conversation, at least not at this juncture. And so there are great, I think, middle-round values, day two values and beyond, but trying to shake out the way that the top of this draft class plays out, it, it does leave you with some question marks. And I have to go back to that history that we talked about, and let's look at some of the second-round wide receivers that have been taken over the last couple of years. And I'll go back to 2019 because I think it's an important footnote. That was the last year in which two wide receivers were taken in the first round. And then that started that run of at least five. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, McCole Hardman, Paris Campbell, D.K. Metcalf, just to name a few of the wide receivers. There were others taken. I'm not sure J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Andy Isabella really make my point here. But those five that I just named are guys that were taken in the second round, not taken in the first round. In 2020, you got T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool. I mean, these are names that are taken in the second round in 2020. We go to 2021, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, uh, uh, of names that are taken in the second round that have, have had production. And then you look at last year. These are just the names. And I'll leave all of their resumes to be desired because it's incomplete at this point. These are the names that are just taken in the second round in 2022. Wondell Robinson, Christian Watson, John Mechie, Tyquan Thornton, George Pickens, Alec Pierce, Sky Moore. Some pretty good players. Some guys that have carved out roles. Wondell Robinson starting to carve out a role now that he's healthy with the New York Giants. Alec Pierce has found a role for the Indianapolis Colts. George Pickens has become Kenny Pickett's favorite target there in Pittsburgh. Sky Moore trying to carve out a role for himself there in Kansas City. I mean, these are guys that are starting caliber players for their teams. And as we sit here right now, I wonder if this draft class, specifically at the wide receiver position, is trending more to look like 2019 than it does 2020, 2021, or 2022, where there's a glut of wide receivers that go at the top of the draft, and in those years, you're still able to find some value on day two and the start of day three, but this is going to look more like 2019, where there's one, maybe two names that rise to the occasion on day one, and yet all of the value where teams really start to hit home runs and a Debo Samuel emerges or an A.J. Brown emerges or a D.K. Metcalf emerges is on day two where teams feel more comfortable with the value. And that's a very important word because I'm going to segue it in to another talking point about this draft that has to do with the wide receivers. But we'll talk about another position, I think, to, to eloquently make this point. I think there is a... A divide. I think there's a tear break here, uh, and the TDN 100 bears this out, and I think if you talk to any of the TDN scouts, they feel this way as well, is that when doing these mock drafts, it's really tough to figure out what the back half of the draft is going to look like from a value and a team needs perspective. And I think if you ask any of the scouts about the TDN 100, they will tell you that a lot of the numbers next to a player's name are maybe a couple spots too high after the first six or seven names because there's not a lot of top-end talent right now as we go through this process here for the 2023 NFL draft, and it's more of a deeper draft class. I mean, let's talk about the corner position for just a second. And the wide receivers mirror this very well. There's a lot of names that were hyped up. 
up. There are a lot of names that we think about. Let's look at Joe's mock draft. He's got, I have to scroll away to the top to make sure I don't miss anybody. His first corner coming off the board is Keely Ringo, and then he's got Joey Porter Jr. coming off the board, and then he's got Cam Smith coming off the board, Christian Gonzalez. These are names that are going off in the first round. Garrett Williams also finds his way in to the first round, but you have to look at it this way. Some of these names haven't put together fantastic seasons. I mean, Eli Ricks is a perfect example, somebody that is not in Joe's mock draft, but this was a guy at the beginning of this process because of his 2020 tape and because of the physical skills. A lot of people thought to mock him in the first round. This is a guy that's going to go in the first round, and so so far has not put up the production, starting to ball out a little bit lately, and so it is putting everybody in a tough bind to figure out uh, what's the lane, where can I sneak this guy in, and I think that applies to the wide receiver position. I think it applies to the offensive lineman position, and it applies to the quarterback position as well. I think if you ask any of the scouts or you ask anybody in this space, there are a lot of positions that I think are 100% up in the air of who the top guy at that spot is. I don't think quarterback one is settled. I don't think wide receiver one is settled. I don't think OT one is settled. I don't think corner one is settled. And I'm not saying that we absolutely need to have those answers here on October 26th, but I think the fact that we are this far into the college season, and we are getting closer and closer to the offseason and the, and the bigger evaluation period with the Senior Bowl, with the Shrine Bowl, with the Combine, with the pre-draft process, all of these things that are going to give us more information for us to make these decisions and to try to be very, very good in our predictive mock drafts. I, I, I think we sit here with a lot of these unsettled, and it's very different than it's been the last couple of years at specific positions. It's very different in the way the board falls behind these people. And it's so fascinating to see the process play out from start to finish. And I think the wide receiver position is the perfect example of it because I think now it has become commonplace to assume that multiple wide receivers are going to go in the first round, and there feels this need, there is this drive internally to be like, okay, I've got to get four or five names in here. Not saying that's what Joe did, but I wonder if we are going to slowly move back to what we saw a couple of years ago and what we saw in 2020 where six names came off the board and we've seen a bunch of names come off the board in recent years. If we don't revert back to, no, there's not there's better value at other positions. Yeah, I need a wide receiver. I'll worry about it on day two or day three. I'm going to attack a different position that maybe doesn't have the depth that this wide receiver class, and maybe there will be some internal realization of, hey, this wide receiver class isn't as top-heavy, but it's a little deeper. So I'm going to address a different position that's maybe more top-heavy here in the first round that I need to get my hands on a guy. Maybe offensive lineman's one of those positions. And then circle back on day two for one of these wide receivers. And then that's where you start to see a deep and A.J. Brown and a D.K. Metcalf go in the second round, and months later we're like, huh, how did this happen? How, how did we get here? Well, there's a process that plays out here, and I'm, I'm going on record now, and it's an early prediction, and we will definitely have a year-in-review show here where we kind of poke fun at all of the predictions that I've made here on the show, and, and we will we'll poke fun at the ones I got right, the ones I got wrong. I wonder if the 2023 draft looks more like the 2019 draft. So I will take the under right now on four wide receivers going in the first round of the 2023 mock draft, and Joe put exactly four in there. I'll take the under again just to give you the context. We've got only five wide receivers inside the top 40 on the TDN 100, and I don't know if other teams are going to prioritize some different positions. And so uh, I really appreciated deep diving into Joe's mock draft for this conversation because it was one of the big takeaways that I had, this wide receiver position. And everybody kind of assumes nowadays that it's commonplace for multiple names to go in the first round, and, and there are B five or six names. I'm not so sure this year. The production isn't necessarily there to warrant these conversations, and I wonder if uh, teams will value other positions a little bit more highly. They'll covet some other different positions here in the 2023 draft. Oh, and one more thing. 
I know it's a player that I've talked about exactly at this point of the show, the end one more thing in the past. But Bijan Robinson is potentially the most fascinating player from a value perspective for these mock drafts. There have been times where it's been a struggle to get him into the first round. We've done this on Draft Dudes with our mock draft. It I've seen him go to the Dallas Cowboys. We've talked about that with Kyle. And in Joe's latest mock draft, he's all the way up at number 12 to the Miami Dolphins, the pick that they got from the San Francisco 49ers. This is what happens when it's a position that maybe is not necessarily as coveted as others. The running back position is a very different evaluation from a value perspective than any of the other positions. Teams don't want to pay the top dollar for these players and they feel that they can get a just as good and a starting caliber running back on day two or day three and the the history backs that up and so investing a first round pick investing a top 12 pick may may be something that teams shy away from but Bijan Robinson from a talent perspective he's number three in the latest TDN 100 there's not a lot of players that are better than Bijan Robinson from a talent perspective in the 2023 mock draft where he goes that's a funny story it's very interesting to see the way that plays out because if he starts to slip by a team that has a needed running back like Miami there are teams that are just not going to go that direction there are teams that are going to covet other positions or that already have in-house options at running back. That's when these slides start to happen. And a slide for a running back is potentially more severe than any other position. So we will continue to talk about it in this space because Bijan Robinson, from a value perspective, from a mock draft predictive perspective, might be the most fascinating player in the 2023 NFL Draft. That's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Appreciate Bet Online for their continued support of the show. I hope everybody has a great Wednesday. I'll talk to everybody tomorrow.